thinking of the rapture in that blessed home on high when the redeemed oh, are gathered in. Gather in. How we'll sing that heavenly anthem in that city in the sky when the redeemed are gathering in. Now when the redeemed are gathering in, watch like snow at the crossing. With our voices loud and long When the redeemed are gathering in Then the angels have to listen For they cannot sing this song When the redeemed are gathering in Now when the redeemed are gathering in Washed like snow And free from sin Oh, how we want to shout And how we when the redeemed are gathering in, then the Savior will give orders to prepare the bank report. When the redeemed are gathering in, and we'll hear His invitation, come ye blessed of the Lord. When the redeemed are gathering in, First Thessalonians chapter four, starting at verse sixteen. For the Lord Himself shall descend from heaven with a shout with the voice of the archangel, and with the trump of God. And the dead in Christ shall rise first. Then we which are alive and remain shall be caught up together. Those words shall be caught up together as we get the word rapture. With them in the clouds to meet the Lord in the air. So shall we ever be with the Lord. Wherefore, comfort one another with these words. Wherefore, comfort one another with these words. Hello everyone, I'm Chaplain John McTurnan, and this is our Sunday Night My Time um, Bible show. We're looking at weekly prophetic update, uh, looking for the second coming of Jesus Christ according to Bible prophecy. However, before he returns, as we classically think of as the second coming, he's coming for his church, his bride. So if we are looking at the events coming together for his second coming, how much sooner can it be his coming for us? And so this here, what we're showing you tonight, because uh, all the end time stuff is heavy now, bad, although there are really some breakthroughs right now, which we want to talk about tonight. So the Lord may be really working in a marvelous way. Uh, with an out, starting with an outpouring of the Holy Spirit. So anything we see positive coming up like this, we want to keep uh, everybody on the cutting edge of it. So um, I'm going to look for Brother Dave. Hello, Brother Dave. Let me go check. And oh, he's muted. Whoop. Hello, Brother Dave. Shalom and Maranatha, John. Shalom to you. Would you read the, Thank scri- you. The, the scriptures, please? Oh, hang on here. Sure. Hang on. Just hold on for a second, please. I want to get them up. Here we go. Okay, I got them up. Sure. Behold, I show you a mystery. We shall not all sleep, but we shall all be changed. In a moment, in the twinkling of an eye at the last trump, 
For the trumpet shall sound, and the dead shall be raised incorruptible, and we shall be changed. For this corruptible must put on incorruption, and this mortal must put on immortality. So when this corruptible shall have an incorruption, and this mortal shall have put on immortality, then shall be brought to pass the saying that is written, Death is swallowed up in victory. O death, where is thy sting? O grave, where is thy victory? The sting of death is sin, and the strength of sin is the law. But thanks be to God, which giveth us the victory through our Lord Jesus Christ. Therefore, my beloved brethren, be steadfast, unmovable, always abounding in the work of the Lord, for as much as you know that your labor is not in vain in the Lord. Amen. Your labor is not in vain in the Lord. Um, any testimony, Dave, this week of laboring in the Lord? Well, John, something very exciting happened tonight. Um, during the week, uh, I watched a video uh, of James White, which is a Christian apologist. He's uh, quite a genius, to say the least. And he was debating an atheist. So I saw the uh, uh, video, on, watched it. It was like two hours. Hold Dave, hold on. Yeah, who's James White? If you could give James us White right. is a Christian apologist. He's written a lot of books, and basically he debates Muslims, atheists. Uh, he's, you know, quite a sensational speaker. So I watched the video, and then um, what he called somebody suggested that okay, I call him on a radio show. Hold on, hold on, Dave. Slow sure. down. I'm going to pull this information out of you, all right? Sure. What was the debate about? Um, just, uh, does God exist? Okay. And the Trinity, um, you know, as expressed in the Bible and sad to say the atheist did not do a very good job explaining why God doesn't exist. They primarily went over quite a bit of things like when you look at the universe, if you look at, um, creation, there's a designer. It's very obvious. Okay. And, uh, the atheist basically just said, well, there's a big bang and this just kind of all happened by accident, which is bizarre. So um, it was a really good debate. Um, James White, I think he, it's Alpha Omega Ministries. He has, you know, everything uh, videotaped uh, on YouTube. So uh, it was a really good debate. And if you bump into an atheist, uh, you know, suggest that they watch it. So this is the exciting part, John. Um, tonight, uh, somebody suggested that I call into an atheist uh kind of YouTube TV show called um, Atheist Experience. So I called in, um, it's in Texas, so I called in a half hour before, so I was on hold for half an hour, and then the show was for an hour and a half. I was the last person that they put on the show, the last call in, okay? And uh, I shared my testimony, you know, about reading the book, The Lake Great Planet Earth, and the stuff that's predicted, what's gonna be happening, and to make a long story short, um, I was just about to finish my testimony and uh, they hung up on me because <laughs> I guess they didn't want to hear what I had to say. Because um, basically I explained that, um, you know, over 40 years ago, I saw the movie The Lake Great Planet Earth. Orson Welles was the narrator, got the book The Lake Great Planet Earth. And I mentioned on the show that if it's correct in its analysis, right now we'd see Iran publicly threatening to destroy Israel. There's an entire chapter on the book in Russia, is, in Russia, is Russia getting nasty? Big problems in Syria, a global unsolvable problem over Jerusalem, the West Bank, and the Temple Mount, a coming Mideast peace treaty, a global cashless society, global pandemics, and an increase of major earthquakes. So uh, I guess they didn't like what I had to say, and they hung up on me, you know? And uh, 
you know, it was uh, pretty interesting, though, John. But at least I got a chance to, to, you know, give them my testimony. I went into quite a bit of detail. Yeah, well, that, that's so that that's, was exciting. That's really good, Dave, because of um, all the listeners. You know, exactly, exactly, John. Um, some of the videos on their website have 1.1 million views. 1.1 million. So who know, Who knows? I have no idea. But uh, it'll be exciting if a lot of people uh, listen to it. And, you know, John, when you think about it, okay, um, there are direct correlations. We've been talking about this for over 40 years, you and I, that specific things were going to happen, okay? And they're happening right in front of our eyes. It's not like we're interpreting. Um, you have to, you know, like, you know, change what we're saying. No, no, it's very, very clear. Um you know, we have a little article, too, we were talking about on the phone just before, about India. Um, it's two paragraphs. Yeah, um, just hold on India. that. Hold on yeah. that. Hold on. Yeah, that. we'll hold off on that. Sure. Yeah, no you're, problem. You're, you're running ahead right now. But, yeah, we want yeah, to. Yeah, no problem at all. I want to definitely get to that. Um, Dave, I don't know how many years back now. I'm just going to say 10. I was right. contacted by a radio station in Rochester, New York. And they asked me if I would come and debate the number one and number two in the Atheist Society of New York. Awesome, awesome. So, so I said I would. However, I said I want to uh, get Bible prophecy in, showing the authority right. of God's Word. So he said, yeah. Right. So we went there, and it was a... Two part, two part series debate. There was a debate, and then there was a break, and then there was the second debate. So, the he, the first hour, not a word about Bible prophecy or anything like that. Right. And I, I was chomping at the bit. I mean, it's, it's it was right there. How, what are they going to say? They, they can right. say it's a coincidence, right? That's about it. Right. Right. So we had the break, and I said to him, "I said, look, I, you got to the the, um, the the moderator of it, or the one that was conducting it. He was the uh, pastor of a church, and so this was a believer. And I told him maybe he didn't believe in Israel. Maybe I, right. I didn't get into it. Maybe he wasn't. Um, maybe it was replacement theology and all that. But anyways, the second hour went in." And I was trying to figure out ways that I could turn it into Bible prophecy, and it never developed. But I was so afterwards, I wouldn't even talk to him. I I I thought yeah. I did real well in the debate. Right. I thought I did. I thought I did really well. But I wanted everybody to see Bible prophecy, and we've got this tool. So afterwards, I was like inside. I was really uh, upset with him because I came with the agreement that that's what I was going to do. Not the whole debate, but at least part of it. Right, sure. So I just kind of quietly got up and uh, didn't, I didn't thank him or anything. I left. I was so, but we got this tool, Dave, a Bible prophecy, just like you, just like you use today. Right. It's very effective. Yeah. And I never heard, I never heard from him. He never contacted me again or. Right. Well, that's one thing they can't explain, John. Um, you know, we know exactly what's going to be happening. 
you know, are we heading for a global cashless society? Is Iran threatening Israel? Um, you know, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera, you know? So it's not hard to understand. And basically you explain what the prophets talk about and then you turn on the TV and you make a direct connection. It's not like Nostradamus where you have to, uh, interpret and twist the, twist the words and, you know, like vague prophecies. No, this is very, very direct, very direct. Yeah. All right. Let me finish on the opening scriptures and then uh, start with a word of prayer. Sure. Titus 2. Let me get over to it. Titus 2.13. Well, actually, we're going to start at 2.11 through 15. For the grace of God that bringeth salvation hath appeared to all men, teaching us that denying ungodliness and worldly lusts, we should live soberly, righteously, and godly in this present world, semicolon, looking for that blessed hope and that glorious appearing of the great God and our Savior, Jesus Christ. All right. I am having trouble tonight. Nope, that's not going. Who gave himself for us that he might redeem us from all iniquity and purify unto himself a special people, zealous of good works. These things speak, exhort, exhort, and rebuke with all authority. Let no man despise thee. All right. So verse 13, looking for that blessed hope and glorious appearing of the great God and our Savior, Jesus Christ. This is like Christianity uh, 102. 101 is the cross, 102 is the resurrection and his coming, and we're to be looking for it. It's not like just a doctrine, which it is a doctrine. I mean, you you have to see the doctrine first, but it's not just, well, it's a doctrine, yes, it's a living reality, looking for that blessed hope and glorious appearing of the great God and our Savior, Jesus Christ. And let me open with a word of prayer. Father, I thank you for today, everything that you've done. We, I thank you for uh, the show, and we can reach people all over the world. Thank you for your, your word that we can say. And the prophet Daniel, in chapter 12, verse 10, said, At the end times, the wise shall understand. The wicked shall do wickedly, and none of the wicked shall understand. But the wise shall understand. So, Lord, thank you. We understand according to your word, the hour we live in. Whatever we do, we always do under the blood of the everlasting covenant. In Jesus' name, amen, amen, amen. Okay, Dave, um, we want to... Oh, okay, you shared your, your that testimony. Very interesting testimony, Dave. And where was this? From Texas? Yeah, in Texas. It's called um, Atheist Experience. And uh, they have, you know, multiple shows during the week. And they basically have um, atheists, uh, you know, like two guys that, uh, you know, host the show. And it's, I guess, on YouTube. And um, they take like a couple, it's two, two hours long. They took like maybe four or five callers that ask, call in. Um, a lot of the people are Christians and they, you know, ask questions and uh, try to provide evidence that God does exist. But um, it doesn't seem like they talk about prophecy too much, you know? So so it was a good opportunity. Good, Dave. Good. All right. 
Uh, just to update and edify. Oh, hang on, hang on here for a second, Dave. Hang on, hold on. Um, I see Dr. John in the uh, in the Uber conference room. Hello, Dr. John. Dr. John, go ahead. Hello. Hello. I, see, I see you're in the room. I haven't spoke to you in a couple of weeks now. Yeah, yeah. Well, there's a lot happening in the world. It's rapidly changing. Oh, now, so. I, I know it's short notice, but if you have anything outstanding you want to share the second hour, um, please, you know, I'll give you the opportunity and we can uh, make an appointment for next week that you could. Yeah, next, um, week, ne- next week would be good, yeah. We're okay. just going to get some dinner and listen to you. But, um, yeah, I I, uh, I enjoyed what Dave said, his testimony. And um, I uh, I recall when you debated the uh, the rabbi, uh, I think you uh, picked up on, uh, I guess it's it's the grammar, the plural, when the Lord said, uh, you know, uh, we, uh, meaning the, uh, the Trinity. Uh-huh. And I guess, was that in, in Genesis? And, and with... Um, yeah, let the us make man in our image and after our likeness. Yeah, and then with Moses, wasn't there something like that like when they came down the mountain? Uh, I, I don't know exactly. And maybe one other time in the New Testament. But um, I was thinking um, our whole world, uh, you know, sort of testi- testifies to the Trinity. In, in space, we have three dimensions. Yes. In, in time, we have the uh, past, present, and future. And uh, matter uh, is matter is interchangeable with energy, and energy is unseen. And you know, um, it's just uh, and, and solid matter. And then there's uh, uh, there's gravity. There's 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 three different aspects of matter. So I just thought that was interesting too about the Trinity. So there's, I mean, that's another testimony. But as Dave said, the the, uh, the prophecy is the most outstanding, especially now. Yeah, you were thinking, uh, you got me going there. Water is uh, liquid, solid, and gas. And at yeah, a certain temperature, it's all three at the same time. Yeah. So. You got it. All right. Well, you get revved up for next Sunday, all right? Okay. And if you want to get, up. whatever you want to talk about, I mean, it doesn't have to be medical. If you okay. want to talk about the uh, universe like we're talking about now, let's go for it. Okay, we could do that. Or I, uh, I spoke at a church last week, and I'll send you a PowerPoint if I didn't already. I don't know if I did or not. No, yeah. I didn't see it. That would be a good outline. Okay, yeah. Right, well, just like while I that. have you there, have, have you seen part one and two of my uh, preaching on conclusive proof about Jesus? Um, I, I haven't seen both parts. I think I, I saw it was there. I'm going to, uh, it's on your. Uh, your blog site? Yeah. Is that where it is? Yeah. Yeah, I will, I will check that before uh, before next week, so I'll be prepared. Yeah, I'll send you the link uh, to part two. I just spoke yesterday, and it went really, okay. really, really well. I mean, it went exceptionally well. All right, good yeah. seeing you. Okay, my greetings to, to Dave and to you and, uh, and to all your listeners, and I'll look forward to next week. Okay, we got you booked. All right. All right, bye <laughs> now. Bye now. Okay. Um, let me. So, um, Dave, I I want to I want to talk about the good stuff tonight. Okay. And the good stuff was I preached in Pakistan on Thursday, 
and we had 2,300 come. There was uh, 20 buses came, and those buses hold about 50 each, maybe more. And what happened was there were three pastors that left. They were oneness pastors, and they left, and they became the, the Trinitarians. So they wanted, uh, he, he, they were bringing everybody from their churches. They had 11 villages under them. So they, they brought all the people from the churches, and then there was Muslims that heard about it, and they were coming. Now get a load of the, this is, Dave, this is going to tickle your heart. This is, I have to have Jamil tell you this directly. <laughs> all right, you ready for this? Okay, go on. A whole load of Catholics came. Oh, that's good. And they all, I don't know about all, but a, a bunch of them. Jamil led me to believe in talking to him that it was like they all came to the Lord. Awesome. So the oneness people came, the Catholics came. Uh, he told me the Seventh-day Adventists were there. Um, and it's like they all, so anyways, we had 1,100 come to the Lord. Oh, amazing, John, amazing. And I have videos of it. You know, I have the video of it. So uh, he, they wanted me to preach on baptism because, you know, the Father, Son, and Holy Spirit, for the oneness in particular. So I did, and I, I, I don't want to go into it now because it's I have to kind of teach it. <laughs> but it wasn't complicated, but I put scriptures together and Jamil and the pastors that are with us and Abba Fathers, they loved it, Dave. They absolutely loved it. So one pastor was there from Karachi, and this was not in Karachi. This was where Jamil, uh, in his area, which is a long way away. Anyways, I talked to him the next day, and Jamil had to translate it for me. He didn't, he didn't speak English. But he was so excited about what I preached on. Actually, I preached first on water baptism and then on um, the baptism of the Holy Spirit for um, preaching the power to preach the gospel. So he's going back to um, Karachi. Uh, He's going to talk to everybody in his church. Apparently, there's 150. And later on in the month, we're going to have a baptism in Karachi, and they're looking about a 1,000 coming to the baptism now. Wow, that's amazing. Yeah. So it was like super. That was Thursday uh, morning. It was a super day in the Lord. I mean, that's quite a day. You got most. I don't know if there was any Hindus. Jamil didn't know if any Hindus came. But loads of Muslims came to the Lord. Catholics came to the Lord. Oneness came to the Lord, Dave. And, uh, oh, there were Presbyterians. Uh, the Presbyterians are really following this ministry. And some of them are believers and some aren't. But he said there was a, there was a bunch of Presbyterians that came also. So it was a good day on, uh, on, on Thursday, uh, with, with the Lord. Now you have a video of it, John? Yeah. Yeah. It's, it's on, it's on Rumble. You know, I'll send right. it to you. I'll send it to you, Dave. All right. Sounds good. And then Saturday was excellent also. I'll, I'll just share a little now. I want to spend more in the second hour. Uh, but I did teach on part two 
of um, the Lord's house. And primarily I focused on Ezekiel 43 through 46. Well, actually 43 through 45. Uh, but that went very, very well, Dave. It was very well. Uh, I spoke at a uh, Messianic congregation uh, here in the Houston area. In fact, I'm scheduled to speak next week in another Messianic congregation. And then there was a pastor there who has a uh, prophecy conference on, I think it's the 18th. Uh, whatever Saturday, that Saturday is there around the 18th. And uh, they're going to give me a uh, half hour. They said, we want you to speak for a half hour in the conference. And then uh, you you can have all of April to come back and teach prophecy. We, this is nice. the time. Yeah. Yeah. So things are moving here, Dave. They're moving really well. Excellent. Uh, exciting. Exciting times, folks. We don't, we want to be on the cutting edge. And, um, so, all right, Dave, let's get together now with, the one thing that you spoke that was really, really interesting that we spoke about earlier was the um, what's going on in India. Because officially now, Dave, India is supposed to be the most uh, populous uh, nation in the world. It, it's past China. It's it is past China. Wow. So uh, let's let's give us give us that update about what you picked up. Now I looked at it, Dave, and I have some headlines, but I didn't pick up what you were talking about. Yeah, sure. Um, it's just two paragraphs explains the whole thing. Um, basically, India is going biometric using QR codes. It says at its heart has been a robust campaign to deliver every citizen a unique identification number called Adahar. The initiative, begun in 2009 under Modi's predecessor, was pushed forward by Mr. Modi after overcoming years of legal challenges over privacy concerns. The government says about 99% of adults now have a biometric identification number with more than 1.3 billion IDs issued in all. So let me see if we get the, the name of the article. Let me go all the way to the top. Uh, Dave, while you're speaking, I have a uh, a picture of a QR code. The black and white there, folks, is the QR code in the background. And the other is yeah. just all showing. I'm showing the digital world. So I'm showing everybody the uh, QR code right now. Sure. What you're talking about. The headline is where digital payments, even for a 10 cent chai, yes. are colossal in yes. scale. I came across that. Hang on. Let me see if I can. Yeah, that, that, yeah that's, the, that's the article. And, uh, you know, a, a while ago, I don't know. All right, hold on, year, Dave. But, hold uh, on. Tell me the sure, article sure. again, real slowly. Tell me it. Sure. Name of it. Where digital payments. I have it. Even for a, I, I have yeah, it. For a 10 cent. You got it? Okay. Yeah, good. yeah. Okay, it. let me get it over so the people can see it. Hang on here. Well, hang on. This is from the New York Times, and they're kind of blocking it, Dave. Um, I can get part of it over. Let me get it over so people can see it. Okay, go ahead, Dave. Yeah, so I think it was quite a few years ago. Well, maybe this will... uh, There was like one day's notice. There we go. Prime Minister Modi basically yes. announced that uh, they're basically pretty much doing away with paper currency and going completely digital. digital. And it created total chaos in the country. 
Uh, so that was a couple of years ago. But basically, yeah, Dave, hold on, hold on, it, let me stop you there. Sure, sure. That we found out later. I mean, we knew when it happened. There was no, no, we, there was no announcement. All of a sudden, right. One day, the government said, "You've got four hours." What? What was it, Dave? How many hours was it? Eight hours. Well, not hours. many. They announced it at night, basically saying the next day right. the country was going biometric. Right. And um, you know who was behind that? Uh, well, the globalists, I assume. I guess they're test marketing um, what they think is going to be a global cashless society. And if you can do it in no. India, Dave, which is like really kind of backwards. Who was behind it was uh, Obama. Oh, okay. Yeah, he had set the groundwork on on his administration for that to uh, come to pass. And they wrecked, I don't know how many businesses they destroyed, you know, small businesses, because they, they were doing everything in cash and they couldn't get the money into the bank and all. And I'm showing a picture, Dave, and for the people that are looking on the bottom kind of left-hand side, oh, you'll see a, a rack with eggs in it. And right, uh, there's a sign there in the egg rack, and that's the QR code for that little business there. So people are going to have to use cell phones to purchase something here. Uh, so I'm showing it to them, Dave. The, well, you're, go right. ahead now. Go ahead, pick up. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, I'm looking at the exact same picture. And uh, when you combine this with uh, China and their social rating system and also, um, you know, the same thing. They're tracking people. Um, they have like a social rating system. So basically, um, you know, between India and China and then, uh, you know, what's going on in the rest of the world, you know, the percentage, uh, there's a lot of people in Europe uh, getting uh, chips implanted in their hands. Um, we're just going global, uh, you know, cashless society. And read an article today about one of the huge banks in Switzerland and in Europe called Credit Suisse. There's a, a bank run. Um, billions and billions of dollars have been withdrawn from the uh, bank. And they're very concerned because the banking system globally is all interconnected. And if one big bank fails, it could have a ripple effect all across the world. Th that's like what in happened in 2008. Excuse me, Dave. That's what happened in 2008. Exactly. You had uh, Bear Stearns and then it spread to Lehman Brothers. So, uh, like I said, there's a whole video online about it. Their stock market, uh, their stock market prices have crashed, and uh, there's like a basically run on the bank on Credit Suisse, you know. But uh, it's interesting, John. Um, we know we're heading for a global cashless society. This is evidence that it's happening. But in order for it to make it global, they have to have a global economic collapse, and uh, that's what we're heading for. You know, we're heading for a global economic collapse, and uh, different countries like um, all over the world having problems with their paper currency. The paper currency is becoming basically worthless, like in Lebanon, Nigeria, all sorts of problems with inflation and uh, corruption, et cetera, et cetera. So uh, they're setting the stage to pull the rug out, and basically everybody's going to have to have uh, some type of uh, biometric identification, and uh, you won't be able to buy or sell. And if they're not happy with what you're saying or what you're doing, one click of the computer mouse and uh, you're out of the system, John. You can't buy, you can't sell, no health care, you can't travel. You're an economic non-entity. Yes, and that's that's planned. That's planned, Dave. They'll, they're going to do anything to try and get us under this digital control. 
and we have to fight it, folks. We cannot submit to this. This is this is t- tyranny. I mean, these are criminals. We have a criminal enterprise in Washington right now. So it's sort of like um, back in the 1930s, making Al Capone, uh, we'll say the mayor of Chicago, and un- in- in- under the control of all the banks. That's what that's what this is. These are bona fide criminals now that are that are ruling uh, from Washington. Dave, while you were speaking, I um, I went in and f- and brought out. I had found. Uh, we talked about this, I think, a while ago, and I couldn't find the original six 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 surveillance system brochure, but I found it now. So I'm showing everybody. And you remember, Dave, that was about, when was that, in the 1980s I made this? Was this the one that was white and blue? No. This is the one that the the title was, What is the Logical Conclusion? Oh, right, right. No one can buy And it's it's got the uh, UPC code in the middle. So I, um, people really weren't all that interested in it, so I didn't uh, have a, a second printing but I had that, that was probably 40 years ago I made that day. Yeah. A long time ago. Then the second one was the uh, the blue and white one there with the big eye looking at you. Right. I called it the 666 surveillance system. And I have a QR code at the bottom of it. And then, the, the, then I'm showing the current one now, the 666 surveillance system. And on the front... We we have that that all seeing eye looking at you. So this the, here's the progression of it. John, did we get a chance to print some extra copies of what? Uh, the, the new six 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 track. Yes. Oh, good. Yes. Okay, because I could use some more. <laughs> yeah, I I I've uh, have four. I ordered four thousand. Okay, good, excellent. So what can I get you? About five or ten? Uh, yeah, that'll last about five minutes. So yeah, uh, I'll send you. Um, I'll send you a box. Yeah, sounds you. good. Yeah, because I send that out in every uh, package. Yeah, I'll send. The, I'll send you five hundred. All right, good. I forgot all about you. No, seriously. Well, that's okay. No, because I did send well, you all I had, and and but I realize you need much more. So I'll send exactly. You, I'll send you a box, Dave. I'm showing well, more John, pictures of what's yeah. going on in India. And right. all the like fruit stands and vegetable stands, they're displaying right. their QR code, folks. This is this is really serious. Let me see if there's one more. Yeah, yeah, there's another one. Yeah, right there, they're displaying the QR code. So to use the QR code, you need a phone, Dave. Right. So they're going to force everybody in India to have a, a, a phone. Right. And it'll, well, John, all, be done, it'll all be done over yeah, the John. phone. Yeah, John. Yes. The exciting thing about your 666 track is something very, very simple, okay? Um, During the seven-year period, the tribulation that's coming up, people are going to be uh, forced to participate. If they don't participate, they won't be able to buy or sell. Um, But if somebody reads the 666 track, um, they will not want to participate. They'll understand there's a direct connection with Revelation chapter 13, it's an antichrist worship system, and if they do participate, <clears throat> they're going to have an eternal problem. 
So that's why it's important for people to get a copy of your 666 track. Now they can go to mctbrochures.com, right? Yes. mctbrochures.com is a PDF file. And, uh, you know, we could mail you some. I can give you our email address. We can mail you some. But if you'd like to, you can go to the printer and have them print them up for you. And uh, it's funny. When I go to the bank, I leave some at the bank. It's that simple. I leave it on the counter. So somebody will pick it up and read it. I leave them all over the place. When I was at uh, church today, uh, there's one gentleman that uh, is really excited about the 666 track. So I gave him like 20 or 30 of them. And uh, he passes them out all the time. So uh, it's something, you know, like uh, a famous uh, preacher. I forget what the guy's name is. I think it's with Spurgeon. He said something very complex. He said, do something, do something, do something. Now, obviously, we're not saved by our good works. We're saved by the blood of Jesus, his sacrifice on the cross. That's the only way you're going get, to get to heaven. And, uh, but it's a nice idea to stay busy for the Lord. That's what he recommends. So, uh, like, I, I went to the grocery store today. Before, before I went into the store, I took, like, a stack of last trumpets, and I put 50 last trumpets on 50 cars in the parking lot. took me about oh, 10 minutes, and then I went into the grocery store. <laughs> so, John... We can stay busy. It's so simple. And it's very complex to do this. You go up to somebody and say, did you get one of these? Did you get one of the, it's five words. Did you get one of these? It's real simple. Nobody's going to throw you in jail. Uh, nobody's going to whack you in the head. Um, they'll say, oh, gee, thanks. You know, so we have to get busy, John. Amen, Dave. Dave, I'm reading this article while you're talking here. And I want to read. Right. Uh, I want to read. Uh, well, we'll keep. I'll keep reading it until we've got enough. But it's really good. The Indian one. Yeah, yeah, it's really good. Okay. And it shows you how this is all. Oh, Dave, um, by looking at the QR code. Oh, hang on here, Dave. Yeah, by looking at the uh, the way the, the the whole system, the whole economic system, is being brought under control in India. It's right. obvious. It's obvious. It isn't even disputable that India is right now under the control of the New World Order. They've got it. They've got India lock, stock, and barrel. They own India. Let's, let's, let me read this here article. The little QR code is ubiquitous across India's vastness. Um, ubiquitous, I had, I'm, I'm going to look it up. It means everywhere. You find it posted on a tree next to a roadside barber, propped up on a pile of embroidery sold by female weavers, sticking out of a mound of freshly roasted peanuts on a snack cart. A beachside performer in Mumbai places it is, is on his donation can before beginning his act. A Delhi a uh, beggar flashes it through your car window uh, when you plead that you have no cash. The codes connect hundreds of millions of people in an instant. Payment system that has revolutionized India's commerce. Billions of mobile app transactions. A volume dwarfing anything in the West. Course, uh, courses each month through the homegrown digital network that has made busier business easier and brought large numbers of Indians into the formal economy. 
Yeah, so they got the underground. They got everybody in the system now. There's no hiding. The scan and pay system is one pillar of what the country's Prime Minister Modi has championed as digital public infrastructure. With a foundation laid by the government, with a foundation laid by the government, it has made daily life more convenient, expanding banking services like credit and savings to millions more Indians, and extended the reach of the government programs and and tax collection. With this network, India has shown on a previous unseen scale how rapid technological innovation can have a leapfrog frog effect for developing nations, spurring economic growth even as physical infrastructure lags. It is a public-private model that India wants to export as it fashions itself as an incubator of ideas that can lift up the world's poorer nations. Dave, after reading this, where can we? Where can I sign up for it? I mean, well, John, yeah. I mean, look how I guess it's we'll being come on by. Yeah, look how it's being promoted. Oh my goodness! Wow, our digital payments ecosystem has been developed as a free public good, Mister Modi said on Friday to finance ministers from the Group of Twenty, which India is hosting this year. This has radically transformed governance, financial inclusion, and ease and the ease of living in India. Now I can tell you right now, Dave, uh, it's there's different. Well, of course, there's different provinces in India, in, in India, like everywhere else, and certain ones literally hate the Christians. I mean, politically and and everything else, they hate the Christians. You could see they forced the Christians into this. They know who you are. They put a flag on it, and that's it. I, I I could see them easily blocking money, like like here, sending money to Bishop Reinhardt, Pastor Dave. That that just won't be able to do it. That'll be the end of it. That'll be the end of it. They will block it. No money from America. From Christian, from for Christians in India, in simple terms, uh, Indian officials describe the digital infrastructure as a set of rail tracks laid by the government, on top of which innovation can happen at low cost. At its heart, has been a robust campaign to deliver every citizen a unique identify number. Call the Adhar. Is that it, Dave? Adhar? Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Call the Adhar. In, uh, in uh, Kenya, it's called a Haduma number. Here it's called the Adhar number. This initiative began in 2009 under Modi's prede- predecessor. There you go. Remember I said Obama? Right. Who pushed forward and was pushed forward by Modi after overcoming years of legal challenges over privacy concern. The government says that about 99% of adults uh, now have a biometric identification number with more than 1.3 billion IDs issued in all. Wow. 
Dave, look how far they came from when we first picked up on this, remember? Exactly. I'm going to say, I don't think it's 10 years ago. I think it's less. Right. We'll say eight years. Look, they went from like, well, I'm not going to say chaos, but they went from a big underground cash, right? And not everybody in the banks, not everybody had a bank account. So one in eight years, they went from starting this. Now, there was a lot of pain. People lost, some people lost a lot of money. Right. In 90, and so 1.3 billion, 99% of them now have um, the bank accounts, the government bank accounts, and a, um, a QR code. Uh, let's see. The formation of the technological giant Infosys who has been involved in India's digital identifications since their early days. Uh, Greg, uh, Greg, Dave, if you go and, and did some research on that Infosys, guarantee you it's tied right into the New World Order, right into it. Right. So the country could make a technological leap because it has a, had a le- legacy digital infrastructure in place. India was able to develop fresh with a clean state slate, he said. Well, I think that you want me to keep going, Dave, or is, uh, yeah, yeah, it's up to you. Sure. Yeah. Okay. Um, they, they have some other side, uh, stories here. Ubiquitous QR codes, India's homegrown instant payment system has remade commerce and has pulled millions into the formal economy. All right, I'll, I may go back to that. The ID, the IDs ease, ease the creation of bank accounts and are the foundation of the instant payment system known as uh, United Payments Interface. The platform, an initiative of India's central bank, that is run by a nonprofit organization. Yeah, the Clinton Initiative. How about that, Greg? That's who it's run by, uh, Greg. Dave, that's who it's run by. <laughs> yeah, interesting. Offers services from hundreds of banks and dozens of mobile payment apps with no transition fees. In January, about 8 billion tra- transactions worth nearly 200 billion was carried out by the UPI, according to some, uh, as someone, some person, as me, the, the managing director of the National Payment Cooperation of India, which oversees the platform. The value of instant digital transactions in India last year was far more than the United States, Britain, Germany, and France. Combine the four and multiply by four. It is more than that, as one of India's cabinet ministers told the Worldview Economic Forum. There you go. There it is, Dave. Read long enough and we'd see the link. The World Economic Forum. Klaus Schwab. There you go. They own India, folks. They were able to take a third world country and slam slam dunk on it. And they own it now. The system has grown rapidly. 
and is now used by close to 300 million individuals and 50 million merchants. Digital payments are being made for even the smallest transactions, with nearly 50% classified as small or micro amounts. 10 cents for a cup of milk. Chi Kai for $2, a bag of fresh vegetables. That is significant behavioral shift in what has been uh, a, a cash-driven economy. One of the impetus for the move away from cash and towards digital payments was Modi's 2016 decision to remove all... There, That was the year, Dave. 2016. Yeah, it was a while ago. So that's seven years. Yep. All the large denomination currencies from the market promoted as an effort to eradicate black money in politics. Yeah, sure. (laughs) And the shock devastated small businesses that ran out of cash. Reliance on the digital infrastructure deepened during the pandemic. There you go. As the government used the ID numbers to manage the world's largest vaccination drive and deliver financial aid. Um, I think that's enough, Dave. But, but it's really interesting, folks. I mean, there, this here is the best thing since buttered bread, Dave. I mean, we just, they're going to be nice about it. You know, right now, all oh, it'll work smooth. And be nice about it, but what they want is control. That's the, that's where they're going with this, folks. Is control. So what they are, there's no doubt that this is what's coming to India. Is um, at least in certain parts of India, they're going to cut off the Christians from getting money. They might not even allow Indians within India to transfer money if you're identified as a Christian or a pastor or a church. They're just going to shut you down. That's what the Hindus are going to do. So this is where this is heading right now. I don't think it's... It sounds, Dave, like they have this tied up pretty tight right now. What do you yeah, think? Yeah, it's basically completely implemented, you know, initiated, implemented, right. I should say. Yeah. So... Um, I don't know what will trigger it, but it's going to be triggered in India that the Christians are not going to be able, especially like pastors and churches, they are not going to be able to get money from out of the country, from the United States. And that will shut down. And that includes even, um, Dave, that includes, um, I'm trying to think of it now to cash, um, you know, when you're sending cash overseas. PayPal? Well, not PayPal. Oh, Western Union? Western Union. Western Union? Yeah. Right. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, here, here are this small, let's see. Um, it's saying here um, how much money was instantly received with each payment by QR codes. This has helped bridge mistrust among merchants long used to, used for, to cash transactions. Merchants like the cobbler and the ice cream seller at a central deli market who do not have their own QR code simply borrow the neighbors. It's the digital version of, I don't have change, but will make it work with the help of my neighbor. I used to prefer cash, said an automotive auto rickshaw driver in Delhi. 
but I learned the benefits of using this during the lockdown. Before the pandemic, he pasted the QR code on the inside of his rickshaw, but since only a quarter of his payments were digital, they remained they remained an afterthought. Just before the 2020 lockdown, he paid a hefty electrical bill and two installments and the loan on his vehicle depleting all the cash at home. Now, well, anyways, it just goes on to how successful this is. So you could see, Dave, I mean, they no one feels yet in India the sting of the government control over this. It looks really good. It's la- it's wrapped like a nice Christmas present. All the benefits of it are there. And then at the right time, the new world order will pull the uh, pull the strings and India is going to dance to whatever the the new world order is demanding. And without a doubt, they're going to use that the Hindus they are going to use it to starve out the Christians from money. Dave, any any comments on that? It was a good article, well, Dave. John, I mean, really yeah, good article. It, it, it's amazing, John. And you mentioned that the uh, New World Forum is involved. Um, yeah, you know, it's just a sign that they're getting closer and closer to the global monetary system. And it's not going to just be uh, a monetary system. It's going to be a surveillance system. And... If you, how can we say, don't want to participate, um, or if you do something that's uh, against what the government's looking for, just one click of the mouse, and uh, basically you're out of the system. Very, very simple. It's very intimidating. Yeah, they'll flag your account, Dave. Right. Yeah, and uh, I think it'll take some sort of an economic disaster here uh, for them to try and implement it. They're going to have to have the people like want it, beg it, or beg for it, or something here in America. I think that now in India they just had no they had no say about it. Um, they they had to succumb to it. Uh, but I, Dave, it's um, it's odd. It might not odd, but I thought they were going to start with a Western country to completely digitalize it, some European country. I thought right. that's where they were going to start. But lo and behold, I mean, they picked India to really start this. Right. Now, the Western countries, a lot of them, Dave, are um, already uh, by themselves almost digital. Like Israel, for example, and Sweden. I, almost 100% of the transactions now are digital. No one forced them to do it. It's just that that's what the people wanted. So the West is almost, with a little push, they'll be 100% digital. But the first one to really, I'm going to say, force is India. They picked 1.3 billion people, Dave, and they pulled it off. There's still a little bit, I'm sure... They got five or ten percent more to do here to have it completely tied up. But it, the day isn't too far off where all of India is digitalized and it's a third world country day. Well, it's a good test market, John, because if you can pull it off in a third world country 
um, it's much, much easier to do it in the Western nations because in Western nations, everybody has cell phones. Right. And when you think about it, how mentally addicted anybody that has a smartphone, um, when you connect the monetary system to the smartphone, um, you, you know, young people, older people, uh, they're on the phones all day long. They're, they have like it's mental heroin, these cell, these cell phones. So, uh, if you tell somebody, gee, you can't use your cell phone unless you participate with this monetary system, people would rather die than not use their cell phone. It's that simple. That's how addicted they are to them. Oh, yeah. So you can see it, Dave. It's all here. Psychologically, it's here. Technologically, it's here. Also, like uh, mentally, they're, they're mentally prepared because it's the modern life. Um, this is the modern, this is modern lifestyle, modern economy, everything is like we're just discussing, but it is amazing, folks, to see India. What, what, what year was that, Dave? 2016? 2016, right. So that's seven years. Seven years. They went from a third world cash society uh, to and a billion, 300 million people now all digitalized, even the little street vendors, everything. Nine, what do they say? 99% of the people now are brought under the system? In seven, yeah, participating, yes. Seven years, Dave. Wow. Well, they're getting the kinks out. They're getting the kinks out, you know? Yeah, uh, China's a long way down the road, too. And I don't know how far China's gone to this, but they've got to be very similar to India. You don't hear too much about China like this, although we right. all know it's an operation. Wow. Well, Dave, let's take a look. Yeah, it's uh, it's your time, Dave. Sure. Okay, the prophecy pack. Well, we talked a lot about the uh, 666 surveillance system. If you'd like copies, um well, John, you're going to send me some, so I can send them out. Uh, email is Daystar, D-A-Y-S-T-A-R, Daystar Windows, the numeral one, don't spell it out, at Optimum, O-P-T-I-M-U-M, Optimum.net. Just uh, send me a little email, we'll send some out to you. And uh, again, John, very busy in Kenya, can't keep up with it. Um, we've been getting, uh, I think last week we got some uh, pictures from Pastor Nathan, and uh it's just been uh, very, 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 very busy. Like over the weekends, I typically pack uh, like five, five packages ready to go out during the week. And uh, we probably uh, are working with about 50 different pastors just from Kenya. But uh, I don't know how to explain it, but it's primarily Kenya. That's the country that we're primarily focusing on. Uh, occasionally, we get uh, orders from other countries, but it's Kenya, Kenya, Kenya. So that's the story, John. So is Brother Greg there? Uh, Brother Greg is here. Let me, um, I'm having trouble, Dave. Te technically today, I don't know if the computer's slow. What's going on? Okay. Are you? No, it's really slow. Um, Greg, are you, can you hear me, Greg? Oh, very clear. All right, okay, you guys. Yeah, okay, shalom, now. Shalom, Dave. You're all set. Shalom, shalom, guys. All right, God bless. Oh. All right. All right, Dave. God bless. Yeah, it uh, it took the longest time to show me that uh, you were not muted, but apparently you were unmuted while it was showing you were muted. 
So I have a there's something going on here. Uh, technically, it's just very very slow. What's going on? So hello, brother Greg. Well, uh, it's been an interesting show, and uh, wow, this digital stuff is really. Um, it took over the whole country of India. That's that is uh, crazy. Seven years. That's all. Seven wow. years. And they're doing the same thing in uh, like Kenya, all of East Africa, and they're doing the same thing in Pakistan. Now, m- for the ministry, uh, this is really good because um, Pastor Zephaniah. You know, first of all, uh, I'm Greg. I'm sure. Have you seen pictures of the slums of Nairobi, where Pastor Zephaniah lives and ministers? Yes. Okay. So, how you you wonder how could that be brought under control like that? And yet, um, they issued what they called a Haduma number, like on, it was during COVID on the first of the month. And by the end of the month, all those people in Makuru Kayaba, the slum, knew all about the Huduma number, and they were ready to, they were readily receptible to tying that into the 666 surveillance system. So it went from Hmm. the first of the month of not being really able to use that brochure, the 666 surveillance system, to the end of the month, I mean, there's all sorts of souls being won now. And Zephaniah has testimony of four imams have come to the Lord um, from reading the 666 surveillance brochure. They read it. They said it's absolutely true. Now, they didn't say it, but there is no prophecy in the Koran to speak of. Certainly nothing like this. They know it's in the Bible. So they have um, confessed, they, this led them to the Lord. And Pastor Zephaniah is ministering to them right now. These four imams, Greg. Oh, I, I saw a picture of the church, and it had just uh, like a half a course of metal that wasn't uh, finished off, but mostly all the roof was on there. Yes, yes. So that's a big improvement over the first place he was at. And, oh, uh, oh, yeah. The so, fir- yeah, the first place was like literally a hole in the wall. So um, we, we're we're making plans now, sort of no do- no downtime with uh, Zephaniah. We're going to um, every night of the week. He's going to hold events at the church and invite people to come. And then the, the the people in the church are going to go out into the highways and hedges and speak about the Lord, hand out brochures, and invite them to come. And then we want like two nights a week, um, Friday night and maybe Saturday night, which will be sort of late morning for me that um, we'll, we'll preach in out in the open. They have a generator and... Uh, sound equipment and all. And then we'll have Sister um, Gladys and, and the choir there singing and ministering. So we're going to go out into Mugru Kayaba and preach there and invite him to come to the church. 
That's our plan, uh, Greg. Excellent. Yeah. Seven days a week, no downtime. It's getting near the end. You can feel it. Yeah. Um, I passed out a whole bunch of brochures today um, in this little Dollar General thing, and uh, it the people were just uh, so happy to get them and everything, and uh, they're all talking just like you're talking right now. It's like getting near the end. Yeah. Yeah. I. I... I want to talk about the uh, revival that's going on, how it's expanded. Uh, but yeah, we'll talk about that because this I, we need edification too, Greg. You know, Amen. we do need edification. So cutting edge stuff. I want everybody to be aware of, um, and also what the Lord's doing. Now, yesterday, uh, because there are, are people here that. Um, I wasn't able to, they're not aware of how yesterday went. Well, Thursday I spoke in Pakistan, which I shared already. Did you see it, Greg, by any chance, the video? The Pakistan video? Just yeah. what you showed on the, uh, the thing on Saturday night. Um, I didn't show all it. All the people. Yeah, go ahead. Didn't you show it on there last, no. last night? No, no, not that I remember. Maybe it was, oh, okay. Yeah, there's but, so many of them, but you know, and they, a lot of people. You said that they were all saved, even the, um, you know, some of the Mormons and stuff were saved. So that's really good to hear. Yeah, there was no Mormons there, but there was Catholics. The Catholics came, the Presbyterians came, the Oneness came, the Muslims came. So it's exciting. It's like a it's like a throwing a net out now, Greg. You know, it's like throwing a net out and pulling it in. And oh, look at this fish! This is a Catholic fish. You know, and oh, here's a here's a, a Muslim fish for the Lord. Yeah, amen. Okay, and then yesterday I did speak uh, the part two of what I call it, uh, uh, you know, absolute truth that uh, conclusive proof. And part two was that only Jesus of Nazareth can be Israel's high priest. And then added to that is after the order of Melchizedek. It went uh, went really, really good, Greg. And I, I've gotten uh, tremendous feedback. And then next Saturday, I'm, I'm speaking at another group, another Messianic group. Yeah, go ahead, Brother Greg. When you uh, showed the picture uh, near the end, it was... Um well, a couple times you showed it of the um, the, the Jesus as the uh, priest, the um, going in through the eastern gate, yes. everything. I mean, yes. all of it. Yeah, it's just yeah. Um, really something. Yeah, there was one pastor there who I was talking with, and um, I, it's a husband and wife um, pastors. And she was really excited. In fact, they they asked me to come and speak at their church on the 18th. That they're putting a prophecy conference, so I'm going to be there. And she said, "You answered 40 questions that I had." That's just, I remember the word 40. Oh, that's she like said, sure. <laughs> yeah. yeah. She wow. Said, she said people are asking me now about the, the Ezekiel and the Lord's millennial reign there. She said, I don't have the answers. I don't know what to say. She said, 
They're all, I've got all the answers now. She goes, thank you. I want you yeah. to come and speak at our church. She said, we're having that conference. We're going to give you a half hour, and then you can come every uh, Sunday in April. You can come every Sunday in April and uh, preach to us on prophecy. What an open door. Yeah, yeah, yeah. See, they're they're ang- they're um, ready for the truth, and um, it's coming from an area that very few people could figure it out, you know, like the last chapters of uh, Ezekiel, but you figured it out, and, you know, you're telling everybody, so it's really good. It's good that they're learning it, and uh, you're able to um, school them on it, starting with the... Uh, with the rabbis that you were fighting with over the years. Really yeah. fits right in. Yeah, Lord, uh, folks, I spent in the late 90s and early 2000s uh, untold numbers of hours, uh, not only with the rabbis, but primarily with them, anti-missionaries, rabbis, Muslims, Mormons, Jehovah Witnesses, atheists, no Hindus. Uh, no Hindus, no, I never engaged the Hindu. Uh, but I was challenged by one of the uh, anti-missionaries, he was the top anti-missionary, Yuri Yosef, to reconcile Hebrews 9 and 10 with Ezekiel 43 through 46, (laughs) and to reconcile it about the blood. He he said to me, you believe you're Jesus. And I remember, remember it's almost verbatim what he said. Your Jesus was the final... A blood sacrifice for sin. Well, reconcile that with Ezekiel 43 through 46. So I did. I did reconcile it. The Lord really gave me great insight to the word. And that shut them down, Greg. Uh, when I presented like part one and two to them, um, they all got together and shut me down and would not talk to me anymore. Yeah, they're they're afraid of you. But why would they not want to know the truth? I wonder. Greg, I guess it's just Greg, they're so set there. Now waiting. listen, Greg. I know. I hear what you said. It's spiritual. Why didn't the high priest come and 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 submit himself to Jesus as the Messiah? Because there was no high priest that was uh, equal to that was in the lineage, and. Um, equal to and fulfilled all the prophecies from the um, last chapters of Ezekiel, even coming through the Eastern Gate and all that, you know. Yeah. Well, I mean, it, all the miracles that the Lord did. I mean, incredible. Oh, yeah, incredible when he was miracles. here, yeah. Yeah, yeah, that's what I'm saying, when he was here. And the high priest, you know, led the charge to have him crucified. All the miracles, yes. all the teachings that the Lord did. All the truth that he he presented, and so you got the same thing today. They love their religious system; they don't want to give it up. But that that was um, I remember one of them I spoke to, and I, I was I proved that the Ark of the Covenant was gone, and that it was being re- it was replaced by the throne of David with the Messiah as the God of Israel sitting on the throne in His glory. So I asked this one uh, anti-missionary, I said, um, I'm trying to think of his name, not that it's important, but Moshe, Moshe was his name. I said, Moshe, 
Um, now, who do you want on the millennial reign? Do you want the Ark of the Covenant with a pot of manna in it? Or do you want the Holy God of Israel in his glory sitting on the throne of David? I want the Ark of the Covenant. That's what he said. Really? Yeah. Wow. Yeah. yeah. I want the Ark of the Covenant. So I do think uh. that, that you know, that, that was like 20 years ago. To, yeah, about 20 years ago when that ended. And I had, uh, I, I wrote the books. And I, the, the books don't sell that well. They're not all, not, uh, apologetics is a, uh, not a, it's not a big interest. A very small percentage of the population, Christian population, is it? That's fine. I mean, that's, that's nothing wrong with that. But I have them, and occasionally I, I sell, I sell it the books. So I thought it was like a phase that the Lord took me through, and I'm in a new phase now. But now it's like the Lord has that in reserve, and it's coming forth. So. The, the, the way it's being received is incredible. It's incredible. The, the part one and part two. So I guess now is the time, Greg, and the Lord is going to, um, bring this out in the open. He's going to, it's, well, for example, the church that I'm going to be speaking at in two weeks, the, the one this week coming up, then the other one. And then, uh, I spoke to a man afterwards. We're going to be meeting, meeting this week and he wants to make like a teaching booklet from the uh, PowerPoint presentation and put together the PowerPoint presentation into one one video along with this teaching booklet. He has a big vision for it. He told me afterwards. So we're going to meet this week and he's going to, he wants to sit down and talk to me and lay out what the vision is. So this is, this is like the time, folks. This is the time that the Lord is really starting to move here in a big, big, big way. Um, so I just wanted to give you all an update. I wanted you to be edified by what's happening. We've got to stay focused on the Lord, stay focused on like Pakistan, on in India, Pakistan, Africa, now the brochures, and now with um, I'm, I'm starting to move out in the open with the proof that uh, the Lord can only be Israel's Israel's. Um, Messiah. Exciting, Greg, isn't it? Yeah, you have a lot more patience than I do. I would have never put up for what when they um, challenge like uh, Luke 4.18 and um, 1 John uh, 5, 6 through uh, eight. 8. Yeah. Yeah. And um, those are so important and um, without the King James Bible, I mean, it's really hard. Some of the different other versions got it in, but very few. No, very few. Greg. So it seem, seems like the devil really uh, doesn't want that to be uh, known. And I'm glad that you had the patience to um, take care of that the way that you did. I, I'm a little more forward, uh, so I never could have probably done it like that. But. <laughs> Well, there are people out there um, that want pastors, I guess, not only pastors, but they, 
any read any Bible, study any Bible, but the King James, and I've I've run across them, and I've had some yeah serious um, confrontations with this. Uh, so what I was concerned about is if I gave the presentation the way I wanted to do, I I knew that I was not going to be go over well with me if someone attacked me using First John five seven or criticized it. So originally I was taking it out, and then the Lord said no. And Friday night he told me what to do. So Saturday morning I got up and I revised that little section, and I, I gave First John uh, 5, 6, and I put a little, like a, the point of what it was about, and then I put First John 5, 7, and the point that it was about, and then I gave First John five eight the fullness of it because that was the main verse I was going to use. So that went over real well, Greg. No one said anything to yeah. me afterwards. And also, the Lord showed me because uh, I didn't want to be not use the Word of God when it should be used. Amen. So the, the Lord Lord showed me how to do it. So I, I did it, and it went absolutely fine. Absolutely fine. Yeah, it's exciting to uh, to see that, and um, that is uh, so so good news that they're um, letting you in, and they're going to hear it a little more than they probably expected to hear. But they're going to just because it fits in with everything else. What can they say? Well, Greg, it uh, and and this is for everybody uh, here. It's not, I'm I'm just saying, Greg, but I'm talking to everybody. Um, two verses that were very important in that presentation was Luke 4.18 at the end. Now, I, I hear it was cut off at the end there because they ran out of time. But I continued, you know. So Luke 4.18 was critical for me preaching the fullness of the Lord's ministry in the hour we live in. And then First John 5.7 was extremely important, tying it in to Ezekiel um uh, 47 there with the water and Ezekiel 45 with the blood. Yeah. About the witnesses. about the That was all about the, the water and the blood was a witness to what the Lord done. It was a witness to his blood was literally on the earth. And it was a, the Holy Spirit bore witness to it. So now the water and the blood are, is a witness again on the earth. Uh, I mean a real visible witness before only the Lord really knew it and those around the cross so all right yeah um, yeah i love those scriptures they really be um uplifting all right greg is there anything that you want to discuss uh, discuss topic wise anything important that you well uh watching you yes um um what we just talked about just now it's it's so it's so important and and also um like the uh blessed hope uh that that tract and um the people i passed them out to today they were just amazed at all of that and they they uh i mean they are they were just uh eating it up and they're looking at it and, um you're gonna give me all of these and i said yeah yeah so it's uh there's a lot of 
souls that are going to be won by that. All these yeah, I expect, Greg, a whole bunch of people in your area of Oklahoma to be in heaven. How's that? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> there you yeah, go. not just through me. I mean, there's a lot of true believers around. Yeah, okay. Uh, um, I had one, I had one, I was in Walmart, and I heard this, this girl go, Greg! She hollers. She was in the checkout a few down, and um, I walked over there, and it was this uh, little girl I knew ever since she was about three years old, and she was she was there, and she was telling me all all this stuff, and I gave her all the brochures, and uh, so it was really good. But she's got kids of her own now, and everything, you know. And her dad, it was a is a cop, was a cop. He's retired. Uh, Fort Smith detective. They're all, um, what, what they used to call them Winnebago Indians, but they're a whole chunk. Because, no, they don't use a Winnebago anymore. Okay. Well, I want to talk about the revival that's taking place. Of course, the main media isn't going to say anything, really, and, unless it's really powerful and they want to condemn it and, and, and that. But anyways, uh, I got a headline here. I don't know what I shared last uh, Sunday or not. Uh, revival spreads to Texas A&M, Indiana, Wesleyan, LSU. Um, it's not religion. It's meeting Jesus. I I have read people attacking it already with, with inside the church. Um, there's always some kooks that get involved in this, Satan trying to interfere. I heard testimonies about, I mean, real bona fide coming to the Lord, repentance, uh, being cleansed of sin, being healed, full of joy. Uh, as far as I can tell, it's right on what's happening. Uh, the timing is amazing with um, the movie, uh, Jesus Revolution. But I want to show you a baptism at Texas A&M. Now, I, I, in fact, there's a man, a pastor, in our Wednesday morning uh, prayer meeting who is directly connected with Texas A&M and, and the Lord's ministry on campus. And he's all excited. We were praying for that on Wednesday, what's happening at Texas A&M. I think Baylor uh, was also, there's a move of the Lord in Baylor. So let's play. Let, oh, let me get this. It, it won't be too big, folks, but I think you'll be able to see it. I remember showing. I don't know if this was last weekend. <laughs> wow, thank you, Lord. Thank you, Jesus. Yes. Thank you, Lord. Yeah. Okay. Hey, Aggie parents. Hey, um, uh, with my two uh, brothers here, and uh, I gotta, I gotta introduce you to Jordan. He's gonna tell you about what happened last night. I did not see this, Jordan. What happened, man? Yeah. Uh, so my name is Jordan. I just want to share a testimony of I got healing here last night. Um, so last night there's a man named Kiefer who 
the definition of lame. He cannot stand without braces on his ankles, on his, uh, on his shins, on his feet. Um, he's been like that his entire life, basically unable to walk. There's a crutch that he walks with. Um, and last night, um, he mentioned that nobody in his 20 years of life had prayed for his legs before at all. Nobody had ever prayed for him. Um, and Jordan, I saw I saw the guy. So this isn't just Jordan talking. I saw him. Yeah, I saw, and he did, could not walk. Yeah. There's no so, way. Man, just as the body of Christ, we we pulled the braces off and we prayed, and we prayed for his legs, and we prayed for strength within his bones. And if he gets up, he's like, I want to try to walk. And he gets up and he walks 20 feet, and he's walking without his crutch. He's never Amen. done this before. Oh he's like, my he goodness. Walked. He walked. It was the most graceful thing. He walked. And that was something that he had never done before in his life. He walks 20 feet. Instead of, like, jumping and rejoicing, he drops to his hands and feet and he worships the Lord. He says, God, thank you for, like, what you've done. He goes, this is the first time walking. And instead of, like, he jumping, he goes to the foot. He says, God, thank you. So that's the heart that, like, God wants to see. Um, then he that. Hey, Aggie parents, this, and I tell you what, uh, I totally uh, saw that. I saw him, and he was lean. He, he, he could, he was very crutch driven. Uh, so, but I did see him, and that's just amazing. Thank you for Jordan sharing that, Jordan. Yeah. Okay. Hey, Aggie parents. Hey. Um, uh... Okay. These are just some pictures here of what was going on. This is, I think, mostly Texas A&M. Um, so these are uh, exciting times, folks. We want to be a part of it. We don't want to miss anything. And we, in prayer, we are a part of it right now. And I'm sure the Lord is going to use the ministry even more. Even more. That was a big, big, um, a big field full of them. I mean, that was amazing. Uh, also, Greg, there are things happening in Oklahoma in April. Someone has, they've taken a um, stadium. I don't know. I think it's a football stadium. And they, they're looking for thirty or 40,000 people. And another one happened. They, they're, they're getting stadiums now to, to fill them up. Um, so it's, I don't know. If I get more detail, I'll let you know. But it definitely is Oklahoma. Definitely. That's exciting. Yeah. Yeah, we got to keep this going. Now, my wife took uh, two of my granddaughters to see the movie um, Jesus Revolution. And there's businessmen, that two businessmen that are that bought the whole movie theater. I mean, not the whole movie theater, but with the pictures playing, you know, and it's free. So she got in free, and then when she came inside, they gave they had three like boxes for the kids and one for Nancy, and in it was like popcorn and and candy and all that. So not only they were they were they got free ice cream and popcorn and candy wow. to watch the movie, and then at the end, um, and this is every night the, the matinee at night. I don't think it's during the day, but at night. And then uh, they gave a call. They they talked about repentance, coming to Christ. They prayed for salvation. They prayed for an outpouring of the Holy Spirit. And a doctor came 
not too far from the movie theater, there's a, a hospital. And he came in with his scrubs on. Yeah. And he was preaching to the people. Isn't that amazing? Uh-huh. Yeah. So that's what's taking place. Uh, it's right now. It's a little quiet. It's it's got some exposure, but it's uh, the Lord is really working, and we're, we're waiting for this to bust out now at any time into a really, really big, um, really, really big movement, folks. Big sweeping movement for the for the Lord. Um, anything else, Greg, that you want to share? I can't really think of anything offhand. All right. Let's take a look at uh, what's going on in the uh, Middle East. Um, There is a serious rupture happening in Israel that is not good. Um, Netanyahu was flying to Rome. There's something going on at Rome. And uh, commercial pilots would not fly him, Greg. They would not fly him. Isn't that amazing? So he's flying into Rome, but the air was cleared for uh, him, huh? Well, the pilots, because of his political stance. Oh, they didn't want to uh, take Bibi there. Right, right. Yeah, that oh, was. Oh, so, so they didn't go then? Well, he, they made other. They finally did get a pilot to go, yeah, but the. Oh, okay. They, they wouldn't. Uh, they wouldn't take him. And now the military reservists uh, are refusing to be called up. Um, there's this is insubordination, and it is amazing, Greg. I mean, Israel is not the country to do this in. It is not right. the country to do it in because of if they show weakness like this, which they are. Wow, what an encouragement from for Iran to, um, to to take advantage and move. Then uh, this is a very interesting article. Netanyahu slams International Atomic Agency chief for saying attacks on nuclear facilities are outlawed. Oh my goodness! So the UN here is trying to protect Iran's nuclear weapons. Prime Minister yeah. Benjamin Netanyahu on Sunday slammed International Atomic Energy Association chief uh, for comments he made against possible Israeli strike on Iran's nuclear facilities, calling them unworthy. Grossi, who had just returned from a visit to Iran, said on Saturday that any military attack on a nuclear facility is outlawed is out of the normative structures that we abide, we all abide by. When negotiations to curb nuclear programs are unsuccessful. Yeah. So there's a country that is the whole country's like kind of geared towards destroying Israel, the Zionist entity. They've been building nuclear weapons for a long time. They're finally at the, at the, point where they can, I guess, uh, build a weapon. They have intercontinental ballistic missiles, and you're supposed to sit there and wait till they fire nukes at you. 
Grossi is a worthy person who made an unworthy remark, Netanyahu said in response. Outlawed by what law? Is Iran, which publicly calls for our execution, allowed to protect its weapons of destruction that will slaughter us? Exactly. But yeah, when it comes to Israel, yes, yes. So, I mean, these people are literally working with Iran to try and destroy Israel. You know, the first drone that went into Iran, uh, Obama sent it there and and had them uh, land it there so they could copy. I believe it. It was bizarre the way that drone just just landed real nice for them to pick up and and, and duplicate. So it really, it's um, there's all all these things going on. But we keep looking up, and we'll be okay. I mean, we'll be okay, but we want a big revival so that uh, as few of people go to hell as possible. We'd love to see everybody saved. Amen. Amen. Yes. This is the hour. And Iran does have a history of uh, people getting saved there. But, of course, the Ayatollahs don't want to, you know, they want to stop it. So it's kind of underground, but... Okay, here's another um, article. U.S. officials to boycott Smotrich during his visit uh, report. This is an Israeli um, minister, and he's calling for the destruction of a village, Arab village in Israel, which is the center of um, training and and uh, terrorists. It's the center of terrorists on the West Bank. So the, um, um, let me read the article. According to a senior political official, Israeli's finance minister, Bezalat Smotrich, is now considered persona non grata among the American government. The same source clarified that even before this statement, the administration far from enthusiastic about the religious nationalists. The outrage in the American administration follows Smotrich stating that the state of Israel should erase Huara. That's that village. The officially reported, um, well, the official reportedly told Channel 12, if Smotrich was persona non grata before this statement. Now, after the disgrace he he uttered, he is persona non grata on steroids. No official American, no no official American official, now that doesn't sound right, no official American, they worded it wrong, official will meet with Smotrich after he said these things. Okay. Um, Hmm. Now, here's something that's revolting to me. Top U.S. general in Israel for talks on regional security issues. The top U.S. military officer, Army General Mark Milley, could it get worse than him, Greg? Uh, Arrived in Israel on Friday to talk for talks with Israeli, Israeli counterparts on regional security issues. They will address the many challenges and opportunities facing Israel in the Middle East region. Milley's spokesman 
said the statement in to, to Reuters. After touching down in Tel Aviv, Milley met with Israeli Chief of Staff Lieutenant General Her- Herzi Havi and was set to meet uh, with Defense Minister Yoav Gallant as well as top security officials. Israeli Army said uh, in a statement that Milley would go over the regional challenges, expanding opportunities for operational cooperation and coordinating between the militaries to protect against regional threats. Yeah, so-and-so. All right, so he's over there, but Millie is a traitor to America, Brother Greg. So why would yeah, he think he's a traitor. The, why would he think, we think in the long run that he's going to stand with, um, with Israel? Yeah, he's not going to stand with Israel, probably. He's, he's buddies with China. He orchestrated that whole deal of just giving all that armament to China. I mean, just one thing after another. He's a turncoat weasel. Yeah. All right, and the last thing about Israel, which is interesting, um, uh, Urban who is the president of Hungary, O-R-B-A-N, Orban, to move Hungary's embassy to Jerusalem. Isn't that nice? Yeah, and he's a good, really a good leader. Oh, he really is. I think Tucker uh, went over there and talked with him, and all these people, I mean, he's just a solid guy, you know. Uh, and the New World Order hates him. They're demonizing him. Yeah. But he doesn't care because he's protecting uh, the nation of Hungary. Yeah. All right. Um, anything else, Greg, that you want to touch upon? Well, um, oh, yeah. Uh, there were, um, I think we touched on it last week about the Pope. Who was going to go and visit with the Pope? No? No, I don't know. I don't remember. Yeah, it, what the Pope was promoting was so offensive that I can't even repeat it again tonight. Oh, so he was he was talking about pedophiles. Yeah, there's special place in heaven for yes, pedophiles. Yes, yes. Now, how in the world can somebody be? Well, I mean, obviously, I doubt if uh, very many of the popes were ever born again. You know, I'm not going to say that. In my opinion, one. Greg. In my opinion, through meeting with uh, so many Catholics through the years and all, I've come to believe that there are Catholics that really know the Lord. Uh, I, yeah. I, actually, one of them was like a man, uh, a man I, I led to the Lord, and it took him, I'm going to say, four years to come out of the Catholic Church, but he did. He really knew the Lord. Uh, but to me, each step you go up, the chances of a priest really know the Lord is slim to none. The chance of a bishop is slim to none. I mean, those that are the hardcore Catholic doctrine, the cardinals slim to none. None, you know. And I see zero evidence, zero of really any of the popes that I that, that I've been aware of like that. And I, I see zero evidence that that. 
the real hardcore Catholic doctrine is not in line with the gospel of Jesus Christ. It's a salvation by works. Amen. That's what it is. Um, so, but yes, the believers, uh, yes, I, I do know that there are believers in there that really know the Lord. Yes. Uh, but, but, folks, yeah, this guy here is talking about, um, I, Greg, I, I didn't even, I just read the headline in a paragraph. I didn't want to read anymore. But something like, there's a special place in heaven for pedophiles. Oh, yeah. He was praising pedophilia as a uh, as a virtue. And he was saying that there's a special place that God has for uh, them in heaven. Yeah, I mean, and we know that the Catholic Church is riddled with homosexuality and pedophiles. Oh, yeah. So it has when, been for years oh, and years. Oh, yeah, who and knows, Greg? Who knows how far back, you know? So that leads me to believe that he's a pedophile and that he is preaching himself into heaven, Greg, and all his friends. All his but friends. He's from Argentina, isn't he? Yeah, he's an Italian. But he, yeah, he's Italian. But uh, I think he was born in Argentina, and he's the first Jesuit uh, pope ever. Yes, yes, he is. So, so that shows you right there. You know, we've known what they uh, are. Do you know how the Jesuits came about, Greg? Oh, uh, no, I don't think so. Okay, uh, uh, probably back- doing something against Martin Luther. Well, yeah, back... No, they were there before. Back in the... Uh, I don't know exactly when they were formed, but back in... I'm going to say, with a guess, the late 1600s in around there, they were formed by one of the popes as his... Today, we would call them Marines. And their job was to stop they were counter-Reformation. Their job was to stop the Reformation. So I know that they were very effective in the 1740s in France because they did slaughter. I think it's St. Bartholomew's Day slaughter. Yeah. But they killed uh, the Christians there in France. For whatever reason, they were known as the Huguenots. And I don't know what a Huguenot means. But that's what they were called, Huguenots. And the Jesuits um, organized the, I guess we could call it a program against the believers, and killed them and slaughtered them, took all the Bibles and all their books and burnt them all throughout France. So some of the Huguenots were pushed like into Switzerland and into um, some other bordering, some other bordering countries, and they were able to survive, so that even today there is a remnant of the Huguenots in France. But they were Western France, and I know Switzerland was one of the countries. The other, the other yeah. group of the Huguenots fled. Now some of them went to Northern Ireland, and others uh, came to the United States. And so there, there is a um, a good in early America. There was a percentage, I'm going to say, a you know, rather significant percentage that were of Huguenot background, 
and some of them were like uh, Davy Crockett, Greg. Yeah. Davy Crockett was from France originally, or his family, they went to Northern Ireland, and then they left Northern Ireland and came to the United States. So he's technically, um, you would say Irish, Davy Crockett. Because yeah, he died at the Alamo. Yeah, 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 yeah. And there were other names uh, that were kind of surprising to me that were French-sounding that turned out to be Irish because they, they left, they went to France, they maybe stayed in Ireland for a generation or two and then came to the United States. So anyways, the the Pope, and they, they, they slaughtered the French believers and they commemorated it, coins for it, and like a, a special blessed day and that's still still in effect in Rome, what they did. And the they crushed they were able to crush the French Reformation and it never did take off like in Germany and Holland and uh France uh Great Britain and I don't know what other countries, Scandinavian countries. When they um with the when the Huguenots were crushed France uh, never again, to this day, really had a real big bona fide move of the Lord. And that was the Jesuits that did that. Right. Yep. Okay. Uh, some headlines now about what's going on in with Russia. Russia braces for civil war chaos as Kremlin opposition votes for Revolutionary Act. Um, there is a bona fide move taking place now in Russia, in, in, in the Russian government, that is really being set up for a civil war. Don't know if it will come to pass, but anyways, it is it is really in effect in Russia. Um, Hungarian Prime Minister, uh, the more I hear about this guy, I like him calls for U.N. investigation of alleged Biden Nord Stream terror attack. So the Hungarians are calling for the um, U.N. to investigate Biden for blowing up that pipeline. And I second the motion. Yeah, I think yes. I, I I don't want America. They're a criminal, and they're they're outlaws. America is an outlaw across the world now. They think the this junta in there thinks they can do anything to us internally, and then to other countries. I mean that they're, they're playing with Russia, which the bottom line is is a nuclear power. So we're we're renegade now, and the reason he did that, Greg, is because he cut off. When, where they attacked, cut the uh, f- fuel going to Germany. So Germany could not cut a deal with the Russians. That's why it was done, Greg. <clears throat> I doubt if Biden would have the um, mentality to even dream of something like that. I think that he's totally under control. Somebody's got him on a leash. His mind is gone. Oh, it's gone, Greg. It's embarrassment. I don't. I don't watch anything about him. I don't want to. I, I, I don't mind reading. I can't maybe, either. Maybe an excerpt in the news or something, but I don't want to hear that man's voice. His eyes are dead inside. He's he's yep. a, 
He's a shell. All right, NATO pokes Russian bear. You ready for this? Yeah. All right. With all that's going on and the talk of nuclear war and all, NATO now uh, is making plans to bring Ukraine into NATO as a member state. (laughs) And that's what the Russians started the war over. Well, also, uh, there were 48 biolabs in the Ukraine. Yes, why were they and there? Who knows what they were Yeah, we want to know why they were there, Greg. We want to know. We want this corrupt yeah. American government brought under control. All right, the uh, the Ukrainians were able to launch um, kind of massive attacks, drone attacks inside Russia. And, Greg, the Russians have um, a spy plane, a high-tech spy plane like we have. Yeah. And they had it at an airport near in Belarus there. And the, uh, the uh, Ukrainians were able to hit it with two drones and destroy it. And it's like a multi, multi, multi hundreds of millions of dollars in electronic equipment and all that. And special plane. Um, so it was completely destroyed. But other places were destroyed also, oil refineries and things like that. So the war is expanding. The Ukrainians now, are they're able to reach deep into Russia, Greg. Yeah, you wonder what this whole deal is with Crimea, um, because they've been fighting over that for years, but then they blew up the bridge. And so, I mean, it's there's all kinds of stuff going on over there. I know. All right, headline by about China. China is in a panic over coming population crisis. Um, they will become more provocative and belligerent. China's population is in free fall after that policy, Greg, of only one child. Yeah. And, and remember those dogs that were running outside the hospital? If it was a a uh, female baby that the mother would throw the fetus out to the uh, dogs, and then later on they were taking them home and eating them. Yes, that I heard. I had not heard about the dogs, but that's true. They were making uh, soup or stew out of the uh, like twelve-year-old, fourteen, fourteen-week-old uh, aborted babies. So the Chinese say they're not doing that anymore. But anyways, um, they are in a free fall, and it's uh, very, very serious, the population, because they have a lot of old people now, way disproportionate old people, and they're a big drag on society and on the economy. And also, I wanted to uh, bring to everybody's attention, um, one of the lowest population uh, in the world the um, not the population, Greg. The uh, birth rate is the Ukraine. Yeah, is the Ukraine and Russia? Oh, really? Oh, yeah. Russia, Ukraine is extremely low. And then you get um, uh, other the Bulgarian, Romanian, all of them are low. The only one that appears to be even a closing uh, approaching replacement is France. Well, so oh. here's what's happened. The Russians and the Ukrainians are losing uh, 
that they have a disproportionate elderly people, elderly people, because the young are not having children. So the the men that are getting killed are right in that age, Greg, you know, like 18 to 40. And the Russians have had like 150,000 killed, plus all the Russians that have left Russia. This is, this could like, there was one demographer talking about this. If this war continues and it continues to drain uh, the men, I guess unless polyg- unless you have polygamy, like the Mormons, um, the Russian population and the Ukrainian population are going to take nosedives. They're not going to be able to sustain the country any longer. All the, you know, so, and every female that uh, dies that could, uh, in the reproductive age, these countries are desperate now, Greg, with demographics. The Russians are desperate. So the Russians could, like, win the war and lose the battle because there's a the, the, the ones looking to fill this population void are the Muslims and the Chinese. The Chinese want, they want Siberia. That's not, a, I'm not making that up. That's a fact. And the Russians are very leery of, of the Chinese because of how easy they could really take East, uh, East Russia. So there we go, Greg. Uh, the, the the nations are like committing suicide with their birth rate, with the uh, de- death shot, with abortion, and all of that. Um, the Western countries now they've got it's like a suicide. It's like they want to commit mass suicide. Go ahead, Greg. We're oops, we are over time. But uh, what do you have to say, Greg? In closing, well, um, if you're a born again Christian. We have the blessed hope and his glorious appearing uh, to meet him in the sky. Sure. But if you are not saved, then you need to get saved. And uh, right now would be a perfect time because all you have to do is pray to Jesus as your personal Savior. Believe that he died on the cross for your sins, that he paid the price. He conquered death, hell, and the grave, and he rose again on the third day. And he's listening right now. If you want to be uh, a Christian, you just say that, um, come into my heart, Lord Jesus, wash all my sins away. I know that you have heard me. I know you have answered me. And I believe I'm saved. And I know that I'm saved. And lift up your hands and just praise and thank the Lord for your salvation. Amen. Amen, Brother Greg. Amen. Thank you. Thank you. Now is the uh, day of salvation. Now is the time. So don't put it off, folks. Don't put it off. Eternity is right around the corner for all of us. And once you leave this body, it is either heaven or hell. No in-between. Either heaven and hell. Please, please, turn to the Lord. Repent of sin. Pray like Greg said. And have a sure, and then be a disciple of Jesus Christ. Have assurance of eternal life. So God bless everybody, and we'll see you tomorrow morning for prayer. Tomorrow morning. I am thinking of the rapture in that blessed home on high. When the redeemed, oh, the redeemed, I get redeemed. I get redeemed. How we'll sing that heavenly hymn. 
Sing this song when the redeemed. 